Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Today, I will be speaking with Somia Murthy. As a strategic and innovative go-to-market leader, Somia has proven record of driving growth by transforming services organizations from ideation to market results. Somia shapes products through a boots-on-the-ground attitude for market fit, executes successful enterprise sales motion, designs integrated brand and marketing engines, and builds scalable customer-led culture. Somia has gained fluency in SaaS, complex system integrations, mobile apps, AI, virtualization, oil and gas, government defense manufacturing, strategy consulting, credit card banking, telecommunications, and not-for-profits. Welcome to the show, Samia. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Jennifer. I've been listening to a couple of the episodes and bringing myself up to speed. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get started. So as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so, you know, if I were to trace back my journey, I'd probably say there were a few themes running concurrently um, throughout. One of them being um, probably the most key one is my personality and uh, my inner compass and how that drove the choices that I made and the doors that opened up for me. And if I may self-proclaim I am uh, a maverick and to me that has meant uh, someone who is outspoken who is I've uh, definitely been independent and uh, uh, required a lot of latitude uh, to to um, be able to run with uh, actions and deliver results so because of that nature from I would say coming out of college I have attracted um, really, I've been very grateful to attract tremendous mentors who've been CEOs or um, in tech companies and chief marketing officers or chief sales officers who have all had tremendous uh, agendas that are not generally being able to um, uh, get accomplished in the daily route of business, right? So you start to build what you call SWAT teams or your special forces teams that can come in and disrupt the way business is being done now so you can progress and move forward. So those are great opportunities for personalities like mine who who are built for disruption, who are built for um, coming in and creating a new um, or, or business transformation. So technology, you can imagine, ended up being a very perfect place for me. In fact, I got started in the industry when um, uh, I was waiting tables and uh, uh, I waited tables uh, um, and a CEO 
who is just raising funding and driving uh, a telecommunications. Telecommunications has just gotten deregulated and he was looking to build a team who could help him raise funding and bring uh, telecommunications to more underserved um, urban areas. So that's how I got started and I was hooked. I wanted, if the task or the mission was seemed impossible, I was even more drawn to it. So I entered the workforce right around when everything seemed to have gone kaput back in 1999. And it uh, created um, uh, an environment where I really wanted to dive in and find out what these kind of problems uh, I could solve. And what I found out very quickly right then and there was I didn't know the language of business. I was a communications major and a Spanish literature major. I didn't have the background to be successful in business or the language of finance and the language of technology. So after a few years of working through a few startups and value-added resellers, I went into business school to create access and to create knowledge around um, actually working with a venture capital firm, working with a management consulting firm while I was in business school. And that opened up my eyes to there is a whole other world um, of um, industries. And I wasn't ready to select a particular industry. So I chose strategy consulting for uh, my first foray out of out of uh, business school. And in that entire time, the same remained true. Large transformational projects where companies had either made multi-billion dollar purchases or were in a place where they would be threatened by competition and needed to really think outside the box on what their strategy, transformational strategy would be. And um, I was uh, fortunate enough to build uh, some very powerful voice of the customer programs for a, a food distribution company, uh, a banking uh, organization, a hospitality industry. And slowly but surely, something started to sink inside of me. The, the feeling of, my God, I can build a strategy, but I'm not getting the opportunity to say that I delivered the results. And uh, uh, like I said, once again, my inner compass was banging on the door going, you can't, you can't just do the strategy. You must, you must also go deliver. And at that time, I started to look at industries and technology uh, called me, or I should say a former mentor of mine who was uh, then the chief, chief sales officer for a company called Deltec said, come and join us. We are transforming um, the space around project manufacturing and project uh, ERP and uh, systems. And we're going up against giants uh, like Microsoft. And we wanting to figure out how we can carve our niche in there. And um, that took me through into the technology industry, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. And I dovetail that dovetailed into yet again, that was a time when, uh, if you recall, that whole BYOD and consumerization was big. So then again, I was thrown into the forefront of building global mobility solutions that uh, was helping then terrified CIOs were wondering, oh my God, here I have standardized infrastructure networks and incomes, these disruptive technologies. Now how do I how do I run um, um, the new uh, enterprise organization? And uh, 
I brought all of that uh, uh, through to the current organization I'm with, Seven Lakes Technologies, who is just a pioneer in the oil and gas space and uh, forefront of bringing first company to bring in uh, mobility into the into the oil fields, digitizing the oil fields, and uh, been for the past five years successfully transformed from a services to a product to now software as a uh, software as a service company. So the theme running underneath all of it is if there is an insurmountable task and there is a an industry to be transformed, you will most likely find me there. That is amazing. Um, I love that. I love that you said you have a personality that's built for disruption. <laughs> I absolutely love that. You don't meet too many people who say that. So I'm just inspired by that. And then, you know, the other thing I would like to highlight is strategy must be accompanied by execution. You know, otherwise it's just a strategy. You have to execute. You have to deliver, like you said. And I, I love that. So, you know, as you know, this podcast is focused on bridging employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. What are you seeing in the industry today? Oh, what a great question. I am, I am seeing I'm, I'm some really, really positive access points being created for women and access to have conversations that are as troubling and necessary around harassment, around equal pay around uh, opportunities. So there are access being created by organizations themselves. I, I know this because I, a lot of my peers are heads of HR or heads of marketing or heads of sales, figuring out how do we now build that and also actually expanding and diversifying their boards. Um, it's waking up also the uh, venture capital community, community that being a startup, we deal a lot with wanting to see diversity um, and access for for women in the different areas and seeing the benefit that that brings. I'm seeing also uh, specific organizations. There's a new one on the charter called Chief that is focused on creating uh, exclusive yet necessary uh, places for chiefs like myself who can feel very isolated, right? But to come in together as women and start to discuss what are the challenges we're facing? Now, access is one part, Jennifer. The other part, I feel that that conversation is not going on as much and is perhaps more uh, is equally as necessary is when women get the access and get that seat at the table, boy, there are just so many things that need to evolve around her to support her in owning or having authority. And I'm talking about inner authority, right? Mm -hmm. So once you create these access points and bring people, women into the, the fold, there might not be as many muscles conditioned yet to feel like you have authority. I'll just give you one small example of mine. This was, uh, I wanna say seven some odd years ago when I was, uh, I, actually it was 10 because I was about 33, 34, and I was brought in as the head of marketing for a $1.2 billion business division at Unisys. And it was the first meeting and there's the president of the business unit and everyone else sitting around. And I was first, my first meeting I was being introduced and I'm profusely thanking everyone, right? So for giving me the access to be there and so excited and, and, uh, a colleague of mine pulled me aside and said, hey, you know, 
I just want you to know you're here. I know you wanted to thank everyone, but own it. There's nobody here to thank. There was a door that was open. You, you were the one that had to walk through it. You did it. So get to the place where you can own your power. And it blew my mind. I hadn't even thought of something that simple, right? That when you are at the table, you're there. It's done. Whatever it took you to get there, it is now incumbent upon us to thank not just it's not about the thanking business it's about the owning the power and then what that means and then further on um having the authority in our subject matter uh mm -hmm. feeling like we can have that authority without having to have all the answers to the questions because mm -hmm. no one does come on who knew covid was going to hit us right mm -hmm. and so where does authority come from in times of uncertainty so i feel like that's an area that is not as much uh, explored uh, in how do we now support women to uh, build that personal power so we can sit at any table, really. I love that. And I love that you call it inner authority because, you know, it's another word for confidence. Uh, we have yeah. to be confident. And, you know, I'm hoping newer generations are going to raise girls differently, you know, because boys and girls are raised differently and one is nurtured one is uh, you know for boys you say oh you can't cry just stop and you know jump in and totally. with girls, we nurture nurture them and you know take them through that process where over time i think the confidence and in that inner authority um shrinks and we need to rebuild that and i love that you know um you said that somebody actually pulled you aside and said, okay, you know, thanks is great, but now it's yours, own it and right. take, take control. And I love that. So, and that's, what's got you to where you are today because you have taken control. You have said, you know, I have a personality built for disruption, quite <laughs> strong, you know, <laughs> I love, love, love that. Yes. Um, so Obviously, you know, we're in a male dominated world. Um, so what challenges have you experienced as a female executive and what have you done to overcome those challenges? Yeah, um, I, I wanted to balance that with a couple of things, right? One of the main aspects has been um, males have provided incredible mentorship and sponsorship even to to put me in places of incredible uh, risk and reward, which is actually where you grow the most, right? Go build a global mobility solution platform. Go uh, help us turn uh, work, I'm sorry, uh, win against uh, incumbents like Salesforce and Microsoft and show us how a startup can move into that. So being put into that place and given that safe space to win as well as safe, we've got your back. So I've had tremendous um, opportunities open up in that, in, in what clearly is a male dominate way. The challenges along the way have been um, when someone with my type of um, persona that comes in and uh, challenges status quo, mm -hmm. and that comes in the form of uh, being disagreeable. Um, we as women have, first of all, we have our own issues of being disagreeable and an okayness with it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, on top of that, when that comes across and you're tagged as a heat seeker, you're tagged as someone who's just 
attempting to climb that ladder. You're tagged as when you get name called, but not necessarily seemingly demeaning to the person calling you that name. Often these are people in power. Mm-hmm. It's it's that when a woman steps into that space and challenges status quo, respectfully so, but still goes ahead and does that and starts to build coalition to go do business a different way. And it's it threatens, well, status quo, right? Mm-hmm. And often, if it's a male-dominated world, the status quo is <laughs> the other side of the equation. Is <laughs> yep. um, and so I don't know if it was necessarily done with I'm a female and they're a male, but it perhaps was a little bit more challenging to stomach uh, a female being disagreeable, a female having a sense of um, I, I, I lost my, um, what I would say that programming, social programming to be liked. I was um, washed of that by uh, my dad very, very long time ago. So when I entered the workforce and grew through it, I I generally lacked uh, what I see a lot of women it, socially programming, right? It's a mm-hmm. need the likability factor. So once I dropped that, the challenges that I faced was more around being accepted for someone who is okay with not being liked, as long as the results are being delivered, as long as I am being respectful, and as long as we are um, driving towards the change. So that's still a little not as accepted in a woman as as um, as it would be in a man. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. So I'd like to unpack some of the things that you just talked about. Tell me a little bit more about how did your dad teach you to lose that sense of being liked because so many of us have to have that and sometimes it's it deters our path it you know makes us less confident all of those things so what what was some of the things that he said or that you learned from him oh great question so dad was uh, an entrepreneur and a sportsman so he was uh a maverick of his own sorts, building room for a sport that is called snooker, but I was raised in India. So he was going in and building um, sponsorship and funding for a sport that just wasn't even there. And by the way, he was doing it for, <laughs> doing it to build it for women as well, much less yeah. men in, in India. So, and it was, snooker was thought of as a bar sport. You know, here was an Indian man saying, hey, we're going to create this, we're going to make it international and we're going to bring people from other countries. And so, big lofty goal and i think i was maybe eight or nine when that was happening he was also helping build a pipeware factory um alongside while he was doing that and i just i was attached to his uh belt 
You know, mm -hmm. I just uh, went with him to rooms where he was raising funding and listened. And I was in rooms when he was negotiating with folks who thought the goals were too big and lofty. Like, why would anybody think of India as uh, a snooker mm -hmm. place to be? It's a British sport. So I watched as he built coalition and financing and resources and branding. And um, that was happening at a very young age for me, probably mm -hmm eight, nine, ten-ish. So I spent, I don't know what other girls were doing in summer, but I was walking around <laughs> factories and sitting with um, men, just listening to this. It was in my ether, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually thought of, I would sit with my dad and find out how he was doing all of this. What was his strategy? I didn't use the word strategy, of course, but uh, I was deep into it. Um, so it wasn't so much that he taught me, he just made me part of his life. So it just uh, got filled in, if you will. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, uh, you learned by example. He was exactly. such a great example. And, he really was. And it showed you how to create something from nothing. And uh -huh. even if people don't believe you, you need to keep going, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And one other thing he did when I started to step in and take risks or when we came to this country and I was like, dad, I think there's this business and I need to, I think I'll, he, we were, we were immigrants. We were about as dirt poor as you could be. And he never paused any of it. He co-signed loans. He said, you know, if that doesn't work out, it's okay. You fail, you fall, you'll figure it out and um, let's go try another thing. So he just made room for failure just being okay. It's not that big a deal. Uh, and that was quintessential. So that's something we don't make as much room for young girls, I believe. We don't let them fall and scrape their knee and break their nose and add a couple of scars physically or otherwise and be okay with it. And uh, I was just raised to believe all of that is really okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. And failure is part of success. If you oh, don't have failure, you're not going to succeed. You know, you yes. have to try different things. You yes. have to take risks. You have to do the things that make you uncomfortable, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable, I always say. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, that's great. I mean, that that's awesome. And I love that you also talked about male allies, you know, in the beginning that, um, you know, We've all had some great mentors that are male that have brought us through um, our career at some point, right? Absolutely. So um, I always believe, you know, women, we can increase women in technology. We can do a lot more if we have male allies. And we have a lot of male allies, you know, sure. at least I know in my network, there's a lot of them. So we're actually even thinking of adding a section of male allies to uh, to the podcast so that, you know, we can really get maybe some of their thoughts and ideas. And for, oh, for what some a great idea. Jennifer. Yeah. What a great idea. If I may do a, um, a shameless plug for sure. our CEO. Um, I have been here for six years this July and it's one of the most fruitful parts of my career um, because of Shiva, who, who's our CEO. And I say that because when I first came in here, I came in here as a chief marketing officer. My, while I've done, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about my career, it, it has been, I'll say pigeonholed into marketing, but if you, when we dovetail into more pieces, you'll see I'm anything but. I've taken on projects that transcend 
uh, functions, right? That is about making a go-to-market strategy work. Shiva mm -hmm. saw that in me and uh, did not hesitate to put me at the forefront of leading our enterprise sales and uh, seeing that I could build out a customer team and give me the, uh, not just the opportunity saying, you're the one for it, go do it. And giving me this incredible latitude uh, as long as I was delivering results and for me to create a 98% customer retention, all of these you would, as long as I was bringing myself along um, and the whole time, Jennifer, you know how I keep saying Maverick and Disruptor, mm -hmm. he actively not only encourages it, he celebrates it, he acknowledges it, um, and and asks for everyone else to move in that direction, which is phenomenal, right? Because I didn't that I've never had that in my career. So that's, that's uh, that, that is, is I think uh, unique. He would definitely be one of the male allies. He's I would love definitely to have the male allies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that you said, you know, he uh, gave you the autonomy to go build and do it. And I feel like even in, in on my teams, the more autonomy I can give them, the better they produce. You know, the micromanaging piece just doesn't work anymore. Let's let's yeah. challenge them. Let's get them to think outside of the box. And it really, really does make a difference. But your expertise is driving growth by transforming service organizations from idea, ideation to market results. I love that. That's from the beginning to the end. Can you share with us some of your learnings and best practices? Sure, sure. So I, I gave um, uh, milestone points of, you know, places where I've been in where the larger tech industry was going through consumerization of IT and deregulation of telecommunications and, you know, increased spending in defense manufacturing, all these spaces that I've been in each and every one of area now currently uh, digitizing oil fields with join our flagship product at Seven Lakes. Each one of those instances internally in transforming an organization that was built around services but really need to begin to productize their ideas so they can scale, one of the key things I've seen that's necessary because if we are so successful in driving revenue and being a certain way, going and telling successful people, <laughs> you need to do something differently, very <laughs> difficult, very mm. difficult because they're successful. So that's actually what I've been my whole career is going to successful people and saying, you won't remain here if you don't change. And so one of the key things is to understand who are the established tribal leaders who aren't necessarily leaders by title mm -hmm. and uh, start to pull them into uh, SWAT teams. What I've seen, whether the company I've been part of is $4 billion or um, uh, just getting started or 100 employees, it doesn't matter, 20,000 or 100 employees, there is there is a strength in transformation that happens through building a SWAT or special forces team mm -hmm. that that really connects the different, they don't, they have the um, intention of looking past their function and how their function marketing works with customer success and customer success works with sales and are open to the fact that tomorrow, what sales is doing, customer success might be doing. And what customer success is doing might get productized, right? Because if you think of software as a service, the biggest shift that we've made at Seven Lakes as an organization is what we uh, pride ourselves and our customers tell us, we do this white glove service, right? Mm -hmm. We built this incredible customer uh, 
our customers say world-class customer success organization, it is heavily manual because that's the way our customers are used to being served and used to buying an enterprise. Now, that's not serving them or us from a cost-effectiveness model mm -hmm. for us and mm -hmm. also the speed of innovation that our customers need. Now, what do we do, right? So now, bringing in key leaders and, uh, and within our organization to anoint them as the person who has to help us get to, um, I'm just using uh, numbers here so we can, instead of moving two customers through the pipe, getting it to 20 customers. In order to do that, how would I scale you, right? Let's call mm -hmm. this person Amy. How would we scale you? So really giving them the ownership of how do we put you into the product? Help us. And so bringing a core team of folks who are thinking beyond and then incentivizing them, whether it be the title or the compensation or the other aspects. So they know when they step outside of their day job and they come in and they do this additional work, there is a reward. There mm -hmm. is a reward. And they, they're they trusted within the organization. They're trusted by the customers. And the third, I think, very, very important thing is as leaders, safe space. They must feel like they can fail because, again, if you're used to winning and you're used to not failing, you've, there's some neurological patterning, Jennifer. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter where you came from. Boy, if you've been winning for an X amount of time, mm -hmm. you just suck at losing. <laughs> and that's actually a terrible thing for transformation. Mm -hmm. You all of a sudden have to go back to being able to fail again and fail again. It's a... And, and, you know, most people don't want to do that. They've already mm -hmm. climbed the ladder and they're winning. They just want to keep winning. Mm -hmm. And so you're taking folks who are used to that and saying, it's okay for the next 12 to 18 months. We might not hit that. You might fail. And giving them the option, giving them the space. And when, not they fail, when the actual activity or the, um, let's say it's an offer we put to the market does not work. We don't make it about the person. We make it about the offer, right? Mm -hmm. And then we bring the team together and go, all right, that offer didn't work. Why is it not working? And Let's go down. Again. Why Why is it not working? And then go at it again and mm -hmm. work through those um, blockers. And I would say, finally, uh, uh, there is a whole language in transformation that must be inculcated. Failing, moving fast, um, SWAT team. So I introduce a lot of that languaging that allows people to embody um, a beginner's mindset. So there's a whole language that I introduce to make that happen as well. That's great. Wow. You're so impressive. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, one thing I heard, and you know, I think I see this in business all the time, and I heard you, you know, take something that's creative, add a human element to it, and then make it programmatic is kind of the way I was listening to it. Is that accurate? Or how, how would you dissect that? You were so in my head. That's very, very <laughs> accurate. It's very accurate. It's, um, it's actually where I use the phrase boots on the ground a lot. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I actually started using it a lot, Jennifer, especially when I was literally in booths, when I was uh, working with defense manufacturing and then hard hat and walking the shop floor to figure out, you know, how is this equipment, our software helping them? And more recently, um, when I became the chief customer officer here at Seven Lakes, driving alongside uh, uh, pumpers in the oil field and operations managers, 
understanding why certain things weren't working because we couldn't figure it out from just looking at the data or the behavior of the mobile app, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that required, so I inculcated a practice for anyone who's either developing our products or in the front line of customer success, they, they must do a tour of duty with our customers, must sit in the truck and understand. A small example of that, as we started to build, it's actually why we beat our competitors and became the number one um, uh, field data gathering product in oil field and now well on our way to be the number one production system in the in the oil field space as well because we are relentless in the beginning and not waiting on our technology to give us the voice of the customer but we're right next to the customer however comma we know that that technology or the SaaS part of it, right? Reading and data that understands the customer must uh, uh, must also be built in the technology, which we do. Um, the example I was going to give you was um, in our early days when ExxonMobil just joined our platform and a few other large customers, they were, uh, we had had it down to a science of how to implement and get results and value within eight weeks of integrating with systems. And that's pretty phenomenal. Most uh, large systems don't, I mean, forget eight weeks, you don't even get it in six months, right? So mm -hmm. we were doing value in the showing value in the field within eight to 12 weeks, full on integration to the back office system type of thing. And there was one field where we couldn't, there were fields in this one area we just couldn't figure out no matter what customer, adoption was choppy, uh, the users were just not buying into it. So lo and behold, it was blistery North Dakota weather and driving a truck and almost blown off the street, off the road. <laughs> there I was with my team member and uh, walking up tanks, realizing, oh my God, no wonder these guys are not in the same weather conditions. I mean, it seems so obvious, right? But it's not, it's just not until you get there. It's not that mm -hmm. obvious. And so mm -hmm. I came back and put fire under the entire team, including product, because I understood that not just there were not just connectivity issues, but there were user interface things that we needed to do differently for folks who are in extreme conditions, which is a very natural thing for our users. You're in the field, as an example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, boots on the ground, so important. I think you know people talk about managing by data, but if you never get in the field and you never get in the trenches, you never know. I mean, they have these shows on TV, not by accident, where, you know, the CEO is now undercover and yes. coming into the environment and kind of inspecting, introspecting the entire process. So yes. I think that's great. And I think, Salmia, you need to create a Salmia Bible of words that you've created, <laughs> a language <laughs> that I love because, you know, Microsoft does that with a book of acronyms, you know. And so I think you have to do the your language book. I so love that, that Jennifer. Boots on the ground, <laughs> yeah. built to be <laughs> built for disruption and yes. so many more words that you've brought up. I love it. Um, all right, let's kind of move to a little bit more personal. Yeah. So who inspires you and why? 
Oh, you know, anytime I get asked this question, this one stumps me more than any. Uh, I think it is. I think it's because I, um, to me, when I think of inspiration, first of all, it just, for me, it is where my spirit comes alive, right? And it wants to, it's, if you're connected to your inner compass, just about anything and everything will inspire you, Jennifer, to move. Now it just becomes about prioritizing and, and then, making full access of, sorry, um, the word I'm looking for is taking full leverage of what is inspiring you, not just to read a quote or watch a two minute video on YouTube, but to double click and go, whoa, who is that person? I want to go read that book. I want to get, you know, under the hood on what she just said. And so for me, what ends up happening is um, I end up working with, working for, uh, working towards with people who inspire me. So my my immediate set of inspiration points are is a combination of Shiva. I just told you why he's mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to move closer to entrepreneurship and uh, he is a he is he, he is a maverick. So being with that person and and understanding he gets my me on a soul level is so cool right so and it it's very easy to see his vision and translate it and make it operational um the other set of folks who inspire me are my my customers jennifer i know um oil and gas is under tremendous pressure mm-hmm. the energy sector is under tremendous pressure to to make not just america independent uh, energy independent but also move us towards the future this industry has a level of entrepreneurship and this maverick way of we must do things differently in order to get to a particular place in them that it inspires me when I speak with them. They, they're dealing with uh, tremendous challenges of resourcing in uh, highly um, uh, inclement weathers. They are dealing with uh, incredible risk, right? They might mm-hmm. never see a return on some of their uh, energy uh, investments. So those kind of people who are looking for results and are willing to uh, do calculator risk inspire me tremendously, my customers. And mm-hmm. I would say on a personal level, um, also, I, uh, I have a couple of subjects areas that I tend to um, indulge in, um, and it feeds me. One is mountaineering. And uh, uh, if you've heard of the name, Yvonne Chouinard, he's the former CEO and founder of Patagonia and a self-proclaimed dirtbag what he means by that is you know (laughs) someone who is just fully connected to the earth and uh you know climbs up mountains and uh rocks rock climbs and then built a sustainable business to um to go along with it and i think there's something to be said for um someone who wants to do business differently and believes it's possible and sustainable um and finally, I would say uh, a group of really powerful uh, storytellers and um, psychologists, uh, namely Marion Woodman and uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes. She wrote a book called um, Women Who Run With the Wolves. It, it talks about stories and mythology of the wild woman archetype. So it basically is, I could say maverick all day, but there are these mythologies and stories that don't get converted into uh, movies. They are now more so than in the past that don't get told to the young girls anymore, right? So guess what feeds us? Stories, mythology. 
And mm-hmm. then you grow up into it. So these women inspire me because they bring in these mythologies of what women can possibly be when they're tapped into their wildness, their their spirit, if you will. Oh, wow. I love it. Love, love, love your answer. Um, so what's the most favorite place you've traveled and why? Oh, cool. I love I love this question. So <laughs> one of the things... Uh, I'm always looking for ideas, you know. That's yeah. why I ask this question. Well, I love my my ideas, but I'll share them. Uh, I while in addition while while I'm not building companies, my my passion has been to. I didn't want to wait till I retire, so I started this thing about 14 years ago, where I began to travel to isolated places that. Um, most likely my, we, we as humans might destroy, <laughs> unfortunately, and wanted to see them and be with them so that I could understand, right? So I started to go to places like Borneo and Patagonia and um, uh, remote areas. And so of all those places, I have found myself going back again and again to New Zealand. And here's why. Um, I'm a single female who loves to travel solo and backpack and and what that allows me to do is New Zealand is just one of the safest countries to travel in. Nice. And it has just tremendous wilderness. So when I go there, I, I, I attempt to take, you know, four some weeks off. Yet another reason I love Shiba, by the way. Allows me to <laughs> um, and I go in and I find, I uh, map out a route and I just go trek into mountains and uh come out a whole new person on the other side. And there, Jennifer, believe it or not, it's the only country that has taken a massive piece of Maori uh, ancient land and made it, um, given it human rights, if you will. Wow. Um, So it's a whole nother mindset, right? When you actually start thinking of the land as having rights and before we go do something to it, we should probably uh, consent and how to go about doing it. So it's uh it's tremendous if you like nature and people who are fun and free spirited in New Zealand's a place for you and and of course the scenery <laughs> definitely definitely have to put that on my bucket list because as you described it um with the four weeks and you know going into the wilderness and coming out a new person I could just see that happening you know and um with running a business and my hectic schedule it just feels like heaven <laughs> to that to be able to do something like that it so, is it almost feels like necessary these days at the pace yeah. we all are moving yeah yeah no very true so this was so fun i don't want it to yeah. end but <laughs> in closing what advice would you give to a woman who might be considering a career in the tech industry uh number one join oh my gosh so much opportunity join us We need you, number one. And number two, when you get here, you will see that there are so many more doors opening up and access points being created for you um, because there's so many women who have uh, come ahead of you and started to do that. When you get here, do not be shy and to develop your sense of authority. What is it going to take for you to have that inner authority? Worry a little less about the outside access because they are being created. Start worrying about and thinking about what is going to give you your inner authority because that is what is going to be determining how far you go. Oh, I love that advice. Love, love, love it. 
Well, Saumia, this has been such a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Please share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you. I thank you, Jennifer. It's been so fun, so fun to speak with you. And um, I am uh, easily accessible on LinkedIn. If you look up Saumia Murthy and Seven Lakes Technologies, I am responsive there and interactive. And I look forward to connecting with folks who are listening. And of course, uh, www.join.ai. My team and I are constantly sharing content and I'm usually there speaking and and, uh, transforming the uh, digital oil fields of today. You are just amazing. Thank you again. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.